This is episode 432 of the AWS podcast, released on March 21st, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Samuel Asher here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Shashira Narayana, who is a Senior Product Manager here at AWS. G'day, Shashira. How are you doing? I'm good, Simon. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming on board because you're going to talk about a new launch for a service called Amazon LightSail, which is something a lot of our customers are probably familiar with, but you've added some pretty cool new capability that we want to dive into. But first, um, what is Amazon LightSail and why does it exist? Yeah, definitely. So as you know, Amazon Light Sale has existed for a few years now. We started in 2016. The main mission for Light Sale was to be the easiest way for customers to get started on AWS. Uh, Like you know, AWS has hundreds of services. And when a new customer who is not very familiar with the cloud starts on AWS, it can become a bit overwhelming for them to learn all these hundreds of services and use them to full potential. So we saw an opportunity there to have a easy on-ramp for the customers to cloud. It could be someone taking their first step into the cloud or someone who has like, you know, little bit of experience here and there about the cloud, but want to see like what they can build on the cloud. That was the main principle behind LightSail. Uh, we started as a provider of uh, virtual private servers, VPS. Basically you get cloud VMs when you come in and register on LightSail. Over the period, we have uh, expanded the ecosystem to include more things like databases, load balancers, uh, and basically different building blocks customers can use to build their applications on the cloud. So all in all, like, you know, LightSail uh, is the easiest way to get started on AWS and probably like uh, cloud in general. Uh, and then once you uh, gradually develop the skills required in the cloud, you graduate to the bigger AWS ecosystem. In terms of uh, the key differentiation of LightSail, we always keep three things in mind whenever we build something in LightSail. Uh, one is the ease of use, second is simplicity, and the third is the predictable affordable pricing. All the LightSail services come at a price point which is predictable, like you exactly know like what you will pay at the end of the month. So it's uh, much more easier for the customers to plan their budget that way. Yeah, so it's it's really one of those services that is is focused on the user experience, and it's a it's a different user experience because it's it's aimed at a a different type of customer in many cases or different use cases. Um, it's probably not the platform you would use to run a a, a multinational e commerce solution, but certainly there are many use cases that fit in very very well. What kind of customers or customer workloads do you see LightSail being used for? That's a very good question. So. Like I mentioned earlier, we provide most of the basic building blocks. Someone needs to build a web application or a backend for the mobile application, things like that. But what we see in our user base is a lot of the customers who we get, they are taking their first steps into the cloud. So it could be running a very simple thing like you know a WordPress site or a blog or uh, even a small e-commerce storefront for their small business. Uh, those kind of the customers are the ones who represent the majority of light sale, but that doesn't mean that uh, light sale is you know confined to those customers. There are a lot of use cases. Even bigger enterprises have use cases where they have like you no know, certain teams which may not want the whole AWS ecosystem. They would be happy with the features which light sale provides, and uh, 
we see those customers come in as well. It could be startups or uh, even like some teams in enterprises which use Lightsail to host their web applications. And so there's been a really interesting uh, launch just recently for Lightsail that I think is a, is a, an interesting evolution of the service because when the service started, it was very much focused on certain combinations of, of operating systems and software packages that would commonly be used uh, in a lot of cases. But the team has worked really hard to support containers, which I think you know, opens up a whole lot of different options. But why, why containers and why have customers been asking for that? Yeah, uh, so containers, like you know, has been uh, a fairly recent trend. When Lightsail started uh, in 2016, though, like, you know, world was already using containers, uh, it was not something which a very entry-level customer would think about. Uh, but in the past, I would say, like, you know, couple of years, containers have become almost a default, de facto way of developing applications. Uh, it's mainly due to the inherent benefits which the containers provide. They are lightweight, they are portable. Uh, you have the consistency, you basically build uh, something on uh, containers and it runs the same whether you are running it on your local desktop or on the cloud, or you can take your application and run it on any cloud for that matter. So these are the inherent benefits which make containers cool and uh, what what it made is everyone talks about containers and even like the small application developers or someone who is not fam- very familiar with containers and all these uh, virtualization technologies, they hear about it and they want to use it. But the catch there is uh, to start using containers in any real way on the cloud, it takes significant skills. So our customer base is something which probably won't have those, uh, you know, skills to create a container cluster, then like, you know, do the plumbing for networking, manage the like, you know, scaling of the cluster, all those things, uh, but they still want to harvest the benefits of containers. This made, like, a lot of customers to come to us and say, like, you know, I want to run my workloads on containers and I don't have a native solution on Lightsail. That was what made us think about bringing a container solution. And so what are some of the uh, the workloads you see those customers bringing? Because you're right, I mean, we have such a, a broad uh, ecosystem out there of different ways you can run containers you could use. Fargate, you could use EKS, yep. you could use ECS, you could use any, I mean, <laughs> choose yeah, your platform. Yeah. Yeah, um, why, why this one and, and what, what's it being used for? Yeah, so uh, speaking about the broader container ecosystem in AWS, we don't see Lightsail containers to be a replacement for any of them. It's more of a supplementary or uh, like, you know, graduation path to those full-fledged container solutions. What we see Lightsail containers to be best suited for are, uh, it could be like, you know, custom web applications or even like, you know, smaller microservice applications. Basically, any application which doesn't need uh, deeper bells and whistles, like say, choice for uh, GPUs or uh, something to do with service mesh or auto scaling, these kind of advanced features, say like networking, peering, those kind of things, those are not the solutions you probably think about running on Lightsail containers. Those are better suited for the full-fledged systems like ECS or EKS. Lightsail containers are a good way to on-ramp to the containerization technology where you have a Docker image and you want to like quickly run it on the cloud and uh, expose it to the internet through a TLS endpoint. That's what best suits the Lightsail containers. And I think the skill set is a really interesting one because I know for a lot of customers, you know, they they want to use containers, they want to use them in their environment, but 
they don't necessarily want to become a Kubernetes expert or an expert in any particular platform. How yep. easy is it to get a container into LightSail? Yeah, definitely. So LightSail containers, like I told earlier about the broader LightSail philosophy itself, we target two types of user bases, right? One is basically the people who have heard about containers. They know like literally nothing about how to build their containerized application. That's one segment. The second segment is someone who may be like, you know, very much familiar with different orchestrators. They know like how to use Kubernetes and stuff, uh, but they don't want to get into all those complexities for just creating a POC or like, you know, uh, some simple containerized app, which doesn't use all those complex systems. So those are the two segments we target. But speaking about the first one where uh, people don't have any like you no know, prior skill about the containers, they could still get started with light sale containers. So basically what we expect the customer to have is a Docker image to be able to push it to us. Generating this Docker image needs some basic knowledge of how Docker works and you know how to do a Docker build and generate a Docker image. So in terms of prerequisites, we ask them to have a Docker installation on their local desktop. That way they can dockerize their uh, app and push it to us. And again, because it's a light sale service, we provide them the full instructions of how to, like, you know, from the scratch, install Docker and take a sample application, dockerize it, and then push it to us. So all in all, if someone wants to try what containers is all about, uh, they can very well come to light sale containers and start from the scratch. But if you already know uh, basics of Docker and how to generate a Docker image, then you are a step ahead. You can just come in and put your Docker image on us and we have the container running. And what are some of the options in terms of the, the sizing? So, you know, often when you think about containers, compute and memory starts to become a, a thing you want to get right and then there's scaling conversations, et cetera. What does that experience look like in Lighter? Yeah, I think uh, to go into the scaling conversation, I think it would be beneficial to quickly explain the few of the concepts we have in light sale containers. So whenever a customer comes into light sale containers and wants to host their application, they first create a compute entity called container service. Container service, think of it as just a compute resource which holds uh, different compute nodes which have your containers running on it. So your container service can have one node or it can have up to 20 nodes. That's what we support in terms of horizontal scaling right now. And you pick the compute capacity of each of these nodes. Uh, when I say compute capacity, it's the vCPU and uh, RAM combination, processor and RAM. We provide six different choices for these compute capacities. Uh, we have the t-shirt sizing ranging from nano, micro, small to all the way to Excel. What it means is, uh, for example, like, you know, Excel would give you like four CPUs and eight gigs of RAM, whereas Nano would give you like 0.25 CPU and 512 MB of RAM. So you choose one of these combination which best suits individual nodes. And then, you know, for high availability or horizontal scaling, you choose the number of nodes you want. So the first parameter, we call it the power. The second parameter, we call it the scale. So you basically, you have the option to configure the scale and power to derive what's the total capacity of your service. Based on your application, you can like, you know, start with some like lower capacity and then uh, as the needs grow and the traffic grows, you can start expanding your uh, container service either horizontally or vertically. Nice. And when, when we're updating our container, you know, it's, it's interesting. We often talk about the 
the the experience of, of, of kind of pushing that first instance and, and getting things up and running. But really, one of the benefits is hey, I'm I'm, I'm developing and improving my service and redeploying regularly to to my customers. Do we have options in terms of uh, how we can do those those new versions of applications and do it in a in an easy way? Yeah, that's that's in fact a very good uh, uh, segue into telling how the deployments work with container services. So, like I mentioned earlier, you create a container service which is the base compute. You want to have the containers running on it, right? So the in terms of the customer input, the first one was power, the second one was scale. The only third input we want is the container image. Customers can provide this container image either from a public repository or they can push the container image directly from their desktop. Uh, and when you push a container image from either of these sources, what it creates is a deployment on the container service. Deployment is basically a collection of the container definitions you want to run on the service. Each time you want to push a new version, you are basically creating a new deployment. Typically, like if customers are managing a container cluster on their own, deploying new versions takes a bit of skills because uh, you want to make sure your previous version is still running when you are deploying the new version and then you want to make sure the new version is healthy and only then flip over the cool thing about light cell containers is we take care of it for you uh, you basically push the new deployment and we put it on a new set of container nodes we make sure that they are all up and running and only when they are all healthy we flip over the traffic from your current version to the new version that way like you know you don't have to worry about causing any downtimes for your customers and if at all one of the version you upgraded to you find it to be problematic or like you know, not something you wanted uh, then you have the option to easily roll forward or roll back to the previous version without causing downtimes as well so the whole deployment part is taken care of by us that's very nifty because that's often the bit that goes very wrong uh, yep. if you do yep. it the wrong way. And you mentioned sort of the, the health of the application. How do I keep track of, you know, if things are working correctly, if there's logs I need to inspect, et cetera? How accessible is that? Yeah, so all the functions I told you, like, uh, until now, they're both accessible from console and also the CLI. Say if you want to access container logs for that particular deployment, you can easily go to the console. Uh, and each container there has a logs button next to it and you can click on it and see like the detailed container logs. Uh, it includes the deployment logs, it includes the health checks, it includes any of the events happening on your containers. So you have a comprehensive view of like, you know, what's happening with uh, your containers. That's on the logging side of things. And obviously you have to monitor how you are doing in terms of your CPU and memory. So we have a metrics tab on the console where you can monitor what's the usage of these resources on your service as well. So both things are integrated with the light cell containers. You don't need to have a, a separate logging or metrics mechanism to observe your services. So if we look at it now, we've got you know, virtual virtual servers, we've got simplified load balancing, we've got managed databases, we can run MySQL or PostgreSQL databases as well. Um, and now we've got containers. Uh, you mentioned pricing. Help me understand what that looks like because that's a, a little different in the world of uh, Amazon Lightsail. Yeah, so we kept the promise of you know having predictable, affordable pricing back with uh, Lightsail containers as well. So like I mentioned, when you create a container service, you basically choose the power and scale. Say you are choosing the power nano and uh, scale of uh, say like two. 
nano cost seven dollars per node and you are basically choosing two nodes so 14 dollars is what you will pay at the end of the month that's a fixed price so if you keep your service running for the whole month you pay 14 dollars at the end of the month what this gives you is the two nodes running for your container service it also includes any of the image storage you do on the service it also includes a data transfer quota of 500 gbs per month and all the logging and monitoring all these features come included in that price so basically you are paying that one single price for running your container service it it includes a load balance tls endpoint it includes managing the certificates everything basically nothing extra there and i think one of the other things to just to reiterate is that even though you're using light sale and those sort of simplified offerings you can also still access all the aws services through vpc peering so if you're, for example, running a uh, enterprise IT shop, but you want to give you know maybe, maybe a certain subset of users access to kind of some self-service instances because they want to do some things that might need to dip into some data or what have you, you have options here. Yeah, so I I would like to speak a little bit about uh, interactions of services with other things. So all the light sale container services can talk to each other in the same region, obviously in the same account using a internal service discovery endpoint each container service comes with a service.local address which you can refer in any other service to access it locally without going over the internet so that's the interaction between service and service taking a step higher there are other light sale services right like light sale databases or light sale instances these services can also talk to light sale container services using the service.local internal address so basically we have you covered if you want to like interact between any of the light sale services and the light sale container services that's the first step of networking within light sale and obviously if you want to interact with other services outside of light sale there's the uh, vpc peering you can do and also we support your light sale container services to assume roles so you could have your light sale service assume a iam role and you could permit that role uh, or add proper policies for that role to access any other AWS service outside as well. So lots of options there. The other thing I, I like about uh, Amazon LightSail and the, the site you've got is that it has lots of really instructive videos showing you how to do things step by step. So you don't even have to read documentation. You can watch the documentation because uh, I think the team have done a good job of explaining the different things, including how to deploy Docker containers. True. Yeah, so uh, we have a lot of uh, resources in terms of uh, LightSail in general both videos, workshops, and like, you know, various interactive things you can do. Uh, we are uh, working on populating more resources about the light sale containers. Obviously, we just launched uh, last week, so we'll have more of it. But yeah, like light sale learning resources are available in the resource center. So anyone can like, you know, start from scratch and do what they want on light sale. Excellent stuff. Shishira, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us all about uh, what's new. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.